This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. A hopper full of news at GTC. And Euro HPC Summit Week. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell, joined again by Tiffany Trader. Tiffany, there was so much news from GTC. I don't know how we're going to fit it all into one podcast. In fact, I don't think we can, but help me get to the highlights. You stole my line. That's exactly what I, I was going to say. Um, there was so much news. Um, so for, first, I'll just we'll start. There no more kitchen keynote this year for this GTC, but there was a tiny Jensen avatar just to set the set the stage. PJ, uh, PJ, yep, uh, in this Tron-like space, uh, which was their Nvidia a, a chance to promote their Nvidia Omniverse uh, platform, um, and uh, some highlights. Uh, the length of the keynote was uh, was a little shorter than usual. It was, came in under under two hours, but it... <laughs> I mean, sure, as the as, as the press and analyst community, we care about how long the keynote is. That's but right. I, I don't think that was the most most noteworthy thing about it. There were some really good products in there. It was a very packed, very packed, very watchable uh, two hours. And I would say for our listeners who haven't uh, watched it you yet, go um, watch it. Go go watch it. But first, listen listen to, listen to the the things we're gonna we're gonna point out here. Um, so much interesting stuff. We are going to get into the star of the show, the, the Hopper H100 GP, the new architecture. There were new DGX systems based on that. Um, some some disclosures about the Grace Hopper uh, super chip, the, the GPU, CPU super chip, and then Grace super chips. And uh, uh, some other interesting things too. Maybe we'll we'll rattle off later. Uh, there was a, there was a new a new GPU supercomputer. We'll say a little bit about that. But there was just there was actually it's really, really packed, as we've both said a few times now already. But let's, let's start with the let's, let's start, start with, with the Hopper GPU. Yeah, we're going to start with the Hopper right? GPU. I mean, right. This is a new architecture for the GPU. Is the follow-on for the A100, the the Ampere, going from Ampere to Hopper, the Hopper H100, available in two form factors: the XX SXM module as well as the PCIe card form factor. This is a big generational improvement in performance from the a100 to the h100 but they they measure it so many different ways it's almost hard to say how much more but when i look at number to number for uh for uh double uh, dual, double precision uh 64 bit floating point 32 bit floating point the 16 bit floating point even the end, it seems like most of the numbers get about 3x generational improvement one over the other, but it also draws a lot more power. The number I heard people talking about the most was 700 watts for this GPU. That's right. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll say a little, little bit more about that um, in, in a bit. And, you know, get, just getting back into this, this new architecture, 80 billion transistors, that is 68% more than the prior generation uh, A100. Uh, this this new one is built on a custom TSMC process, four nanometer, their four nanometer N4 process, whereas the, the previous one was on on seven nanometer. Uh, it uses the fourth generation NVLink interconnect. It introduces something called the transformer engine that helps with these uh, transformer. Uh, Deep learning models, uh, especially used in, in natural language pro processing, very big, important right now. Uh, and a new numerical format called FP8 Tensor Core, that's floating point eight. Um, 
to going back to the, the performance specs you were just talking about to deliver a 4,000 theoretical teraflops of AI performance. That's four or four petaflops on, on one GPU. Of course, we'll see how much of that translates into real world performance, as is always the most important thing. Uh, but this is a pretty incredible architecture. Like I said, 68% more transistors on a also slightly smaller piece of silicon. So you had uh, eight. Yeah, the die didn't get bigger. It no, actually got slightly no. smaller yeah, with exactly. more transistors. Yeah. Um, and then what I thought was just so incredible, I had to go, and we were talking about this earlier, I had to actually go back and just double check uh, the number of the jump in the number of, of CUDA cores. So you have FP64 CUDA cores um, jumped from roughly uh, 3,400 to 8,500. Um, so more than uh, more than two x there, and, and then on the uh, that was the FP64, and then the FP32 CUDA cores jumped from uh, almost seven thousand to almost seventeen, to almost seventeen thousand, yeah, nearly seventeen. Yeah, yeah. That, and, and then the that those were for the SXMs, and the new PCIe um, had a pretty big jump too. And then going back to power, the uh, let me pull that up. The the PCIe is only. Um, 350 watts and actually gives you a better energy efficiency number flops per watt than the SXM does as you were, you were pointing that out earlier. Yeah, that was interesting in the press and analyst scrum that he hosts where Jensen Huang gives uh, some of his time after the keynote to, for a lot of analyst questions. He fielded a question, not from me, but I tweeted his response. Someone asked him about the 700 watts on the NVIDIA H100 SXM mezzanine form factor. And he, re he repeated himself when he makes a major point that he wants you to hear. He said, no one cares about power. Nobody cares about power. And he went on to say what people care about is power efficiency and then cited a 5X generational improvement over the A100 in power efficiency. Now, you and I were spending some time breaking down that 5X. Really, the the, the a lot of the raw numbers go up by 3X. So if you look at the SXM to SXM, A100 to H100, but the power goes up by... Uh, 75% from 400 watts to 700 watts. So that certainly does not translate to anything like a 5X generational improvement. Some of that must come from some of the software improvements that he also talked about for AI performance specifically. Yeah, exa exactly what you're saying. And another, um, you know, looking at the FP64 um, performance specs that, you know, we, we care about in the, a lot in the HPC community, the H100 SXM is offering 30 teraflops of peak FP64. Now, get, get, pay a little attention here because that's the that's the standard IEEE. That's the the standard double precision, you know, that we always quote on in uh, HPC. But NVIDIA also has this other numerical format, the FP64 Tensor Core, which doubles that to 60. But a lot of applications, you know, so, some can take advantage of that, but a, a lot, you know, can't. So, you know, just I think we're going to stick when we talk, you know, specs, we're going to be mostly looking at the FP64 peak. And when you look at energy efficiency for that, you know, I was looking at that 700 number. So you're getting um, and wanting to do some com competitive comparisons with uh, other GPUs that are coming out. Of course, there's the AMD Instinct, a MI200 series that's coming out and is already in the, the Frontier system uh, that's been uh, delivered to o Oak Ridge and is in the process of, of um, being uh, tested ahead of uh, employment and acceptance. So looking at the looking at those uh, two GPUs 
in a competitive aspect. So on the NVIDIA side, you got 30 teraflops, 700 watts. And then on the AMD side, the Instinct, you have 47.9 teraflops in 560 watts. So we did we ran the math on this, and that gives you 42.9 gigaflops per watt for the NVIDIA and uh, almost exactly twice that for the AMD, 85.5 gigaflops per watt. So the AMD Instinct is looks to be uh, two times more energy efficient. It was actually 1.9958 times more um, flops per watt in, in comparison for the, the 2XXF <laughs> like part. 1.9958. Yeah. That was fun, especially after Jensen <laughs> made such a point about power efficiency. Now, again, that doesn't include some of what he was talking about in software with the transformer engine, which we'll get to in a second. But I do want to give you credit, Tiffany, because in your article on HPC Wire, where you broke down the Hopper H100 GPU, the new DGXs, the Gray Super Chips, you compile the table that I haven't seen anyone else compile, where you do the side-by-side -side comparison of the A100 SXM, the H100 SXM, and the H100 PCIe looking at uh, not only the die size, the transistor count, the number of cores, but all of these different performance metrics, the FP64, FP64 tensor core, the same thing at 32 down through the 16, FP16 tensor core, FP8 tensor core, the int numbers. And, and what are they side by side? Because there's so many different ways now that we're talking about performance. I've made the joke before on this podcast that I used to know what a flop was. And it's just getting increasingly difficult to compare, particularly when you look at some of these numerical formats now where within a given number of bits, you start breaking down how many go to the exponent, how many go to the mantissa. Uh, we, we need to you know, remember our, our high school mathematics in order to, uh, to really understand the uh, precision that's coming into some of these formats. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's really a lot to dive into there. And, you know, you can, you can check that chart out. Um, they, uh, along with the, the, uh, the H100, they, they refreshed their DGX systems too. So now they have the DGX H100 systems. And all right, so the cool thing there is now the NVLink that used to just be chip to chip in, inside the, 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 the HGX boards that are the substrate of the DGX systems. Now that's going outside the server for the first time thanks to the NVLink switch. And that's using that switch, they can connect up to um, uh, 30, so up, to, up to 32 nodes of the DGX systems. Each one of those has eight GPUs. So that's 256 GPUs altogether, all completely NVLinked at, they're saying nine times higher bandwidth than the previous generation. And um, that, that's pretty impressive. And then they, they've put many of these pods together uh, let's see how many, um, 18 of these pods together to create another internal NVIDIA supercomputer. Um, this one is called e EOS. It's a sister to, to Celine, the last system. So EOS and is going to provide 18 exaflops of peak FP8 tensor. I'll just throwing out NVIDIA's number there. 18 exaflops of peak um, FP8 tensor core performance and, and some other numbers that they threw out. But in, uh, for standard double precision performance, it will deliver, um, theoretically, uh, 138 petaflops of peak performance. Um, and it will have a total 4,608 GPUs 
500 quantum two InfiniBand switches and 360 NVLink switches. Yeah, this interests me in that NVIDIA continues now to announce impressive supercomputers of their own that are built by themselves, hosted by themselves. We haven't seen this before from chip manufacturers so much that, that here, here's our supercomputer. And it does speak to NVIDIA's uh, ongoing movement toward complete system integration as, acting as a server vendor, although they're not the final seller of many, many of these configurations, they certainly continue to advertise their ability to put together complete systems that they then fall uh, out or sell, sell almost directly, maybe just barely indirectly to end users. That would be a good segue to the Gray CPU, speaking of providing a complete system, but I'm just going to put a pin there for just a second and, and say that, um, you know, while NVIDIA, NVIDIA will, of course, be getting at least the first of 4,600 or so of its own GPUs, you know, ahead of its customers. But I was talking with Charlie Boyle, who is the um, G, GM, v, VP and GM of DGX Systems. And he was framing it as a very positive, you know, as as he would be want to do. He was framing it as a, as a very positive thing for customers that NVIDIA does get one of these big systems ahead of everyone else, um, and that they will they use these big systems to pave the road for for clients to build similarly large systems. Um, and then that if they have it, they they have the system in house, they have it at that same scale, and then they can shake out any other issues, um, you know, ahead of of customers using it. But um, I did want I did want us to also talk about. The new what Nvidia is calling super chips, right? So we learned about Grace Hopper was it a year about a year ago now. Uh, maybe the last last was that the last uh, last um, spring G GTC. But I don't think we we kind of guessed that the name would be Grace Hopper. Now we officially know that it is um, Grace Hopper, and they also announced have announced now the new Grace. CPU super chip, which is two of these Grace CPU dies together in a big mega chip. Yeah, so if people are getting confused with the Graces and the Hoppers coming by, they're both obviously named for Grace Hopper. Grace has been the code name for NVIDIA's upcoming ARM-based CPU. Hopper is the new GPU. And when they talk Grace Hopper, they're talking about a super chip that combines CPUs and GPUs in different ratios, one of which is essentially a Grace plus Grace all CPU uh, super chip, but then these can be put together in a lot of different ratios and different sizes that I, I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, you know, I meant to, I meant to mention that at the beginning um, that uh, the Grace is the Grace and the Hopper, of course, are both named after the famous computer scientist and U.S. Navy Rear Admiral Grace Hopper. Um, and as you said, they can be put together and there's, there's a list somewhere. I don't have the list in front of me, but it's like one to one or one to two or two to two or one to eight. So all, all these different configurations, um, they can put those together. And the next part of that is not just for NVIDIA, they are going to be doing kind of a custom program using what they're calling their NVLink C to C that's chip to chip. That's what they call NVLink when it's be between the chips. Um, they're going to be letting their their customers in on that and creating you know new um, new integrations with their customers. And that is a little bit like the raison d'etre of the um, UCIE, the new UCIE consortium, 
we covered on the last podcast. That's the universal chiplet interconnect express uh, developing standard. Um, NVIDIA said that their customers would have the, be able to have the choice of, um, well, first of all, NVIDIA said that they plan to su- support that developing standard and then their customers would have the choice of going with that standard or using the NVLink uh, C2C to, um, to build new custom things. And, and that's just things. down at the chip level or at the node level. Then when you go out to build uh, complete systems, that's where you get into the DPUs, the networking, that's the carrying on the Mellanox and Finiband, and NVIDIA's in that game as well. And, and there was some news around that uh, at this GTC also. I wouldn't say it was the biggest news. I think most of the focus was on Grace and Hopper, the CPUs, the GPUs, the NVLink, but the DPUs are there and they were foreshadowing more things to come. The Jensen was saying that next GTC, that network networking was going to take center stage. Yeah, I mean, in in a somewhat literal way, the the Quantum Four was the biggest news in that um, this is the new Ethernet switch that has a 100 billion transistor ASIC in it. So the Hopper is 80 billion transistors. The Quantum Four is um, 100 billion, and we we have a, a whole article on that on the on the site that dives into that more. But it's it's that is, that is pretty interesting. Now, I want to kind of zoom out and do big picture here. We, we could go on GTC all day on this podcast. It was a multi-day event. It was a two-hour keynote. And even then, it was very densely packed. So it's hard to break down in a 15-minute podcast. But I would say that you know the emphasis, although there were these high-performing chips, it was still clear to me that the bulk of the emphasis for NVIDIA is still squarely on AI and the AI transformation. Uh, HPC was in there, but not nearly to the extent that we talk about AI and Omniverse and and, uh, what we can do at the hyperscale level with these technologies. And some of that, I'm going to bring all the way back around to Hopper. They talked about this new transformer engine software that goes along with the uh, Hopper GPU that we're there now claiming that they can have up to 6x higher performance generationally without losing accuracy. Part of that is from a software trick they're calling a transformer engine uh, that they say can is transparent to the end user and can double performance in of itself. Yeah, and this is this is how they say they're able to get to uh, to four petaflops on a GPU is the the combination of this transformer engine and the the new um, uh, DP eight uh, numerical format. Yeah, there's a blog up on NVIDIA about the H100 transformer engine itself. I I found that to be pretty interesting, just as one of the details that came out of GTC, but um, yeah, yeah, I look forward to hearing from actual end users. You know what kind of um, speed ups they're able to get in in the in the real. Uh, you know we'll have to we'll have to hear from them. Well, yeah, exactly. Because by the time, because up at the top, it says up to 6x higher performance. Later in the blog, it says up to 9x more throughput for training. But on the chart, it says the transformer engine doubles from your, as part of the component. So it's somewhere in that 2x to 9x is what the transformer engine is supposed to do for me. But that's just slideware at this point. And as you say, we have to see what people are going to do with it. There's so many different ways to measure performance now. I don't know that we're ever going to get to the truth on it, but NVIDIA seems to be pretty excited about it. Yeah, you and you were saying, Jensen said along the line of a 5X 
uh, energy efficiency improvement. And we, we tried to, re we tried to kind of reverse engineer how he came up with that exact. We, we came. Couldn't get to five X. I don't know where that came X. from. We, I think we got up to like three and a half X. Um, and I just, I want to circle back on one thing. Cause I, I found some of my numbers for him and, and it, it bears mentioning the, uh, the grace hop, the grace, um, the CPU half of the Grace Hopper CPU chip, the chip, super chip, is the foundation of the Grace CPU super chip. This is the upcoming data center, the CPU that NVIDIA has talked about and will be launching. So it's two ARM-based CPU chips coherently connected over the NVLink C2C interface, um, creating a 144-core uh, CPU with one terabyte per second of memory bandwidth. And they have, um, just based on estimates so far, they're projecting a performance of uh, 740 on the um, spec rate 2017 int-based benchmark, which NVIDIA says is a 1.5x improvement over, uh, I think they said current, the current um, CPUs, but the current CPU is the, the AMD CPUs that are shipping with the DGX A100 today. So that's the, their comparison. But, you know... Um, We'll see, what I'm, you know, it looks like in the future, I don't have any knowledge of this, but it looks like, you know, at some point these DGXs will be moving over to use the, the uh, it seems like that's where they're headed to moving over to use the Grace uh, CPU, or, or maybe they'll come up with a new design, you know, they can, they can do all these different permutations of the Grace plus hopper. So I, I, I would think that would be where the DGX, the direction of the DGX are going. And as far as availability goes, they're saying that the uh, the H100 and um, H100 DGXs are available out third quarter of this year, and the Grace Hopper Super Chip and the Grace CPU Super Chip are scheduled um, for the first half of next year, 2023. It was a hard-hitting GTC. I think NVIDIA did a great job commanding a lot of attention with some huge announcements. I, th I think there's a lot of attention, especially around the H100 and these Grace Hopper super chip configurations. I'm really going to be looking forward to seeing some of the comparisons against AMD and eventually against Intel with Ponte Vecchio coming out. I think it's going to continue to be a very exciting year, but th this was uh, uh, big news coming out of NVIDIA and you now have how many articles on HBC Wire covering the content from GTC? There's Somewhere several. between five, five and ten. <laughs> so our listeners can get more details there. But before we go, meanwhile in Paris, I actually wasn't—I was spending most of my time covering the Euro HBC Summit Week, which was the same days in Paris. I went to France for it. This is the form—the event formerly known as Price Days, which has evolved into the Euro HBC Summit as they brought together together multiple of the consortia that, that are leading up to European exascale. And there were a couple of days worth of science and presentations, uh, industry, multiple countries in Europe. And uh, it was really interesting. A couple of major themes, I would say sovereignty was a big one that came out to me and the importance of looking at European technologies for European science going toward exascale and how to reduce reliance specifically on American and Chinese technologies. There were a lot of uh, great uh, uh, great presentations there, uh, some that were looking at the pre-exascale systems, including the upcoming Marinostrum 5 at Barcelona, where there's a lot of anticipation there around uh, liquid cooling, immersion cooling, uh, digital twins was a major topic. Um, 
quantum computing was discussed quite a bit, including an interesting presentation from uh, Dr. Christel Michelson from Ulich, who talked uh, quite a bit about quantum acceleration and said, if you have just part of your code that can benefit from quantum acceleration, break it off, give it to a quantum processor, not only for the efficiency of the uh, of the application itself, but for the power savings that you get moving things to quantum. That was very interesting. And for me, the biggest was around the European CHIPS Act and, and the different processor initiatives, looking at things like CyPearl and Risk Five. Uh, there was a talk from uh, Panos Zarchopoulos, who was talking about the need for first of a first of their kind facilities in Europe for chip manufacture in three to five years. Very ambitious, very aggressive, but well attended talk. So uh, definitely worthwhile to check out that as well. Oh yeah, that that's a um, a great great review. Uh, what uh, what was the vendor and industry uh, turnout and participation like? Any any highlights there? You know, I didn't get the exact numbers. There were certainly several hundred people there, and I uh-huh. I haven't attended previous Praise Days events myself. I got the sense that it was more important this year and that the event had certainly grown. Uh, it was a great venue at the uh, Cité des Sciences et l'Industrie, the, the science museum, essentially, in the uh, northeast, the 19th arrondissement of Paris, a great location with the uh, conference centers in the bottom. And, and as I said, hundreds of people there in person, plus the live stream. It was a well-attended event that I think in another week would have been our top news event, except GTC had, had the major, was, is going to be your major news story, I think, just about any week. Yeah, well, things seem to be um, coming coming into focus as far as their 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 sovereignty uh, project and programs go. So, um, sure, we'll you know we follow them closely and we'll we'll continue to do so. And I think we'll see a lot more there at, at ISC as this continues to roll forward, as well as from all of the chip vendors. So it was a big week in HPC. Yeah, we do. We are looking forward to uh, to ISC and uh, things will be ramping up. Which will be early this year. As you've heard me say, we Americans will be traveling on Memorial Day weekend to be there in ISC. Well worth it for the conference this year. It will be early. And the the list, the top 500 list will actually be coming out in in May, at the very end of May. So it will be the May top 500 list. So that'll that'll be a little bit Oh, come on. We can call it the June top 500. (laughs) It won't be June already in Europe by then. Their time zone is ahead. Still a day away. Still a day away. I checked. (laughs) Rats. Okay, well, Tiffany, thanks for wrapping up the stories with us. Our our listeners can find much, much more on HPC Wire. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.